If you've listened to me for years, you can know one thing I've kept up with for decades is the situation with our monarch butterflies. I'm going to take another shot at it. The question is, does our butterfly, especially the monarch, really need our help? And the reason this comes up is, to be honest, in the last two or three years, the whole science around this particular beautiful part of nature has changed. We've learned a lot. We were wrong about a lot. See, that's science. When people think science is, I, I want to say that we practice science like doctors practice medicine. We're not sure if we ever quite get there. But let's do a rundown on the new science that we know about the monarch butterfly. This particular study is about the eastern monarch, and that just they're the ones that go into Mexico. There's a western monarch out of the California area that has somewhat different living habitats, but not too dissimilar. For all the years I've watched this butterfly, it's long been thought that they were definitely in peril. But new studies indicate that the U.S. populations may not really be on the decline near as much as we thought. Scientists say the biggest threat the species faces is some well-meaning people who rear the butterflies at home and release them. Never heard that before. Let's start this off with a little story I found that hits home pretty directly for me. To help the monarch butterfly, Texas writer Charlie Scooter decided to home rear monarch butterfly caterpillars. Checking the milkweed in his garden one August evening, he spotted two of the flamboyant black, white, and yellow striped creatures. This is interesting, and I'll tell you why. After naming them Poncho and Lefty, after Towns Van Sant's song, incidentally, I happen to personally have known Towns, that's why that's so cool, he moved them into a mesh butterfly cage. He checked on them several times a day, cleaning out their uh, caterpillar poop, and you believe it, caterpillars eat twice their weight or more. They eat a lot, folks. Waiting with great anticipation to see them attached to the wall of the cage to form their chrysalises and eventually emerge as black and orange adult butterflies uh, festooned with their beautiful white spots. However, the scooters, maybe his name's Scudder, might be saying that wrong, dismay, one day Lefty began to shrivel and in a few hours he was gone. Poncho was eaten by fire ants uh, just a day or so after that. Convinced that the species is teetering on the brink of extinction, tens of thousands of monarch lovers have taken the butterfly's fate into their own hands. Every year, as summer wanes, monarchs east of the Rocky Mountains undertake a grueling, and I mean 3,000-mile mile migration, fluttering from their breeding grounds in the United States and Canada, all the way up in Canada, to their winter home on the rugged peaks of central Mexico's transvolcanic belt. Since the 1990s, when the overwintering colonies began a steep decline that lasted for over 20 years, people have been rearing eggs and caterpillars in mesh enclosures on their porches and kitchen tables and releasing the adult butterfly. Just as an aside we'll get back to later, it appears that everything we thought we knew about the monarch population is probably wrong. Scientists are aware, though, that in the wild, only about 5% of monarch caterpillars reach adulthood. These home rearers believe their efforts will boost the number of butterflies able to make it to Mexico. Many belong to Facebook groups that offer encouragement, and often, when the caterpillars do not survive, condolences with computer screens erupting in kind of crying face emojis or whatever. 
that a handful of recent studies have rocked the small world of monarch science, suggesting in the words of the University of Georgia's ecologist Andy Davis, this is where I got the quote from, everything we thought we knew about monarch populations is probably wrong, and that the butterfly probably does not need our help as much as we thought. In fact, scientists say that home-rearing and commercial breeding of monarchs and the release of them at wedding, funeral, and other events may be one of the biggest threats to the butterfly that we never knew we were causing. Two studies in particular have challenged the conventional wisdom about the monarch. One published in Current Biology last September, researchers who sequenced the DNA of the butterfly's primary host, which is a common milkweed, and analyzed the existing monarch DNA concluded that neither the monarchs nor the milkweed had suffered a really catastrophic decline in at least the last 75 years. Their findings contradicted the widely held belief that the butterfly is in peril due to the eradication of milkweeds by the spread of agricultural use of herbicides, especially glyphosate, and genetically modified crops, especially in the Midwestern part of our country. Monarch scientists at this point are split into two camps with one group continuing to maintain that the loss of milkweed is threatening the butterfly in its summer breeding grounds, and therefore fewer butterflies ever make it to Mexico. For this reason, they insist the species must be protected under the U.S. Endangered Species Act. But in the other camp, they contend that its problem is actually encountered during the return trip to Mexico that have resulted in the diminished winter colonies, but not in the butterfly's summer range here in the U.S. and Canada where the populations appear to be stable. Pointing to the growing number of monarchs that now forego the migration and feed and breed year-round in Florida, that's an ever-increasing number, and across the southeast coast, these scientists believe the butterfly is in little danger of really disappearing, though its epic migration is in peril. Add a, a, kind of another dimension to this, and here comes a whole new concept. There's kind of a new... I want a new, a new kink in the armor of our monarchs. It is a parasite I will only attempt to pronounce once. It's Ophiotrichristus electrosherha, short named after this on this show forever as O-E. What it is is a parasite that is really devastating to the populations of monarchs that are already extant. A steady stream of studies have demonstrated that this parasite weakens the butterflies, making them way less likely that they can even complete the migration if they wanted to. Ironically, the source of the problem, they've always existed, this particular parasite, but not in the numbers we have now. Why? By all oddities you can ever imagine, the captive rearing and releasing of monarchs by backyard and commercial breeders promote the crowding and disease spread of this mite. It's kind of one thing COVID-19 taught us, that social distancing can vastly help reduce the spread of infectious diseases of many kinds. The same holds true for monarchs and this particular parasite. The scientific research shows that this spike to the increased density of the monarchs in places where they lay their eggs due in large part to the mass rearing of monarchs in confined spaces and the widespread planting in recent years of a number of non-native milkweeds, including a tropical milkweed that incidentally we're growing here in Texas in mass amounts, favored by monarch admirers. They think they're doing a good thing. This 
caused the surge in parasitism due to population densities in smaller areas. We're back again to COVID. Too many people too close together, too many animals too close together is just literally a breeding ground for problems. Here I want to insert just a little comment of my own. I can't begin to even name the number of animals I've been involved with, studied with, tagging sea turtles in many places across the world, an endangered species. Uh, beavers, one of my other three or four favorite animals, totally extirpated from the West with no concept of what we were doing. Now we're putting them back out, knowing that it really, really rehabilitates thousands of acres of land. And I could go on to not many, but dozens of animals. And we don't do it with malice for the most part. We do it out of ignorance, stupidity. The situation with carnivores that we've wiped out all over the country and in many places all over the world, only to show that when we put them back in a habitat that is, that is commensurate with how they lived, they actually strengthen everything in that environment. The trees around are strengthened. Everybody thinks, oh, the beavers are cutting down all the trees. The beavers actually thin the population so that it enables dozens of species that are no longer able to grow their plants and, and even animals to come back in reasonable populations. There was a balance here for millions of years, and as much as I still like being a human, we don't have a concept. We just wade in knee deep and decide whatever we do is okay. Look at the fracking out in West Texas. They've ruined millions of acres of land. They're polluting more, they pollute every day just with the Permian Basin burn-offs, enough natural gas to run the whole state of Texas. That's how sloppy they are with it. And there's not anything you can convince it because it's still cheaper to let it go than it is to capture it. And I've said this on every study I ever do. If you want to know what's going on, right or wrong, just follow the dollars because that's all we seem to care about. And again, to finish my opinion on monarchs, why is this OE, remember that's the parasite I'm talking about, become so much more prevalent than it ever was? Here it is again. It's our intervention. The highways we build up and down and we eliminate what was the milkweeds along there only to put something we think is either prettier or healthier. The thousands, millions of acres that we bomb with Roundup to kill off the plants, mostly wild plants that need to be there in, for Bermuda grass or whatever, coastal Bermuda. What happens that causes this, this parasite to increase is not that the numbers have increases, it's the places they can exist have decreased. Well, coincidentally and ironically, the places the butterflies can now feed are decreased in the same amount. So we're putting more and more butterflies in a smaller, smaller space where more and more parasites are on because they have nowhere else to exist and spread out. So we are at insult to injury, again with no malice, because we don't consider Mother Nature a valuable part of where we live. Folks, we are Mother Nature. And we have got to learn at some point that we are the biggest single moving part of this ecology. We are no longer some humans living outside of the biology of this earth. We are the biology of this earth on our own. So whether we consider facts like for 30 years or really no Atlantic cod left in the Atlantic, why? Because humans fish them out. I already mentioned my favorite, the beavers. We've turned thousands loose in the last 20 years to 
re-establish the ecology of what the Rocky Mountains used to be. We wiped them out. For what? For bucks. For dollars. No other excuse. People can say what drives them, whether it's the petroleum they put stock in, or the water that we're polluting, or it's all back to the buck, and at some point we have to pay those dollars back. That's, it's not going to be free. Now everybody wants, well, let's say we claim we want to clean up the ecology. We want to clean up our planet. We want to get our water back that we're not polluting. There's only a little bit of water here, folks. One or two percent on this earth is really usable. But we don't want to spend the money. You know why we don't? Because we don't think it's worth it. You know why we have to do it? Because we spent money all this time ruining it. We spent money taking, and it's time to give back. And we're not giving back. The, the tight hold that the giant corporates, the Shell Oils, and the have on our grip of the entire nation, for that fact, probably the entire world, we can't, we can't reverse that. They, are, they don't want to help. Oh, they write papers about it. They say they're going to do this, they're going to do that, they're going to lower fracking. But it's, it's a penance. It's nothing but a, a, a fake salute at the problem. They really don't give a damn. Anyway. I won't even finish on butterflies other than to tell you they're in peril, but that it's not for why we thought, and that's how science works. I'll get off my soapbox. Thanks for listening to Organic Man.